I had a friend in Seattle, I, I was singing one day, and he goes, Peter, you're, you're not your average size Elvis guy. And I said, you're right. He goes, why don't, why don't you call yourself Big Elvis? I am on the prowl indeed. Welcome to Podcats. This is Cats, John Katsalamidis of the Las Vegas Review Journal. My column is called Cats, fittingly enough. Find it on page 3A every day and online all the time. My guest this week is big news in Vegasville. He is Big Elvis, Pete Valley. Pete has been a headliner in Las Vegas since 1997 when he opened at the Roadhouse on Boulder Highway. Since 2012, he's headlined at the Piano Bar at Harris, and he is the city's longest-running Elvis tribute artist. Good to see you, my friend. It's good to be seen, Johnny. How are you feeling? <laughs> Pretty doggone good. Yeah? Not bad for a guy that's been cooped up for a few months. Yeah, getting tired of being cooped up, weren't you? Yeah, sure was. You were, you were pretty busy while you were cooped up. What well, were you we working did, on when you were We in? did a couple, uh, a couple live uh, broadcasts on YouTube. Yeah. And they turned out pretty good. I saw one of them. Yeah, yeah a lot of people were, were watching. And uh, the first one was a little bit of work in progress. The second one was a lot smoother. Kind of a stop action. We did, we did. But it was, <laughs> it was fun. It was something I've never done. So I've created a brand new YouTube channel. And now we're going to do a couple things a year for people. Yeah, where were you uh, performing from? And where were you uh, quarantined? The, the, fir the first one, well, I, was, I live in Pahrump, Nevada, which mm -hmm. is everybody goes, what, what the heck is that at? It's, as you know, it's a, mm -hmm. it's outside the airboat. I hitchhike, hitchhike there all the Did time. Did you do that? Yeah. yeah, it's about Once 70 miles to the west. And <laughs> you can throw a rock, hit the California line. Yes. Um, we did it. My brother has a big, big, like a studio he made for himself. And uh, he said, why don't you do it here? So I did yeah. the first one there. And then the second one, I got lazy. So I'll just do it from home. There you go. And I did, and it looked great, too. It was, so, it was really good. You sounded great. I mean, I remember the, the audio on that was it really. Was, it was a lot of fun. I had Josh Barron, our, our guy that does uh, sound, and he. Great entertainer as well. He did uh, the sound did a good job, and it was it was just the outpouring was phenomenal. Yeah, well, you've got those fans. It I really know that. Was. We're inside the. Uh, we'll let people know where we are. We're inside your headlining enclave, the Piano Bar here at Harris, yeah. and uh, we're in the masks, of course. Oh, this yeah. is the era. You've got the TCB <laughs> got the taking TCB. care of business. <laughs> TCB baby, taking care of business, taking care of babes, taking care. Uh, of, what what yeah. was it? What did TCB really say? Elvis uh, liked that because. Uh, you know, he liked it. You know, he was always a guy that was on top of stuff, of yeah. giving, and mm -hmm. he had a big crew around him, the Memphis Mafia. Exactly. And uh, they just always had a nickname saying, you know, Elvis likes taking care of business in a flash. Mm -hmm. So I got a ring that said that, and this is a you know, replica I had from his jeweler made. Okay. You know, and, Impressive. Uh, basically, uh, I just meant, you know, making sure all the business was taken care of. And yeah. That's, that's what he was. They all wore necklaces. They did. TCB. I have one of those too. We had Sonny King. Remember the or Sonny, Sonny West? Sonny yeah. West. I'm sorry. He was yeah. my best man at my wedding. Yeah, that's right. And I saw him last. He was the best man. Very at good fellow. <laughs> I became very, very close friends with him. And then, uh, for about five years, and he got real sick. Yeah. And unfortunately, we lost him. Yeah. This was uh, about 2000. And when did you get married? 2010. Well, 11. Uh, he passed away in 2000. 12. We okay. did a big benefit, if you remember, in 2011. Yeah, he was uh, one of his uh, security details. 20, 20 years. He was 20, one of the and, and a TCB person. And he was very much with Elvis for many, many, mm -hmm. many. The stories he told me were just 
Yeah. I mean, stuff that I didn't, I mean, nobody knew, you know, but he was yeah. just like, everything he said was, he was such a great guy. Yeah. Know? Yeah. He liked you. I mean, he, I remember him telling me that you had the voice. Thank you. You yeah, had the he, Elvis no, voice. No, we were very, uh, we were very, very, very close. I mean, mm -hmm. he'd never been a best man for anybody ex except for Elvis was his best man. And he told me, he goes, Pete, I've never done this before, but you're going to, I'm going to be your best man. And that was such an honor. Yeah. Such well, that, an honor. When you're in the Elvis culture, you get to be close to those uh, Yeah, those folks, right? you really do. And there's a few guys that have, but I mean, a lot of them haven't. But, you know, I never, I got really close with him. He was a, just a great guy. Yeah. You were the, um, you've been in here since 2012, 12. right? And you're the first entertainer in Caesars Entertainment of all their hotels to return to the stage. You know what? It's been phenomenal, Johnny. I got a call, uh, actually a text. Damian Costa was brought in uh, the day before, and the, right away they got in. I want to thank Mr. Rodeo and Mr. Jenkins and mm -hmm. Damian Costa. Steve Stevens is a great, they're all great yep. people. He runs the room here. There's yes, the he executives from Season he Entertainment. He does. The execs here are fabulous, and they said, hey, would you consider coming back and opening up for us? And that was such an honor. I said, well, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, not worried about it. I was like, no, I'm going to come back and I want to bring entertainment back to the strip. strip. And um, they, they thought that was a phenomenal thing. They said, we sure need it. So I'm honored to be the first guy back. Yeah. How did it feel to come back in here? We were here that day. Um, um, how was it for you in, that, in the throne? It was great. You know, it, it was fabulous to be back. It, it, it's obviously, Johnny, as you see, it's much different than what we left. But you got to, you know, it's like building blocks. You've got to start from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And the, the 40 or 50 people I have per show, or 60 people, whatever it may be, they're really enthusiastic and they're really, you know, pumped up about us being right. here. So it feels great. It does. It's a smaller crowd, but I've sang to small crowds when I started before. Right. So it's great. It's great to be back. It really is. You, um, you started at the uh, Roadhouse in I 1997. Did. How did how did that come about? How did you get to Las Vegas in the first place? Oh, it's such a long. I'm just going to tell you the honest story. I I um, was divorced, uh, you know, from my wife. That I had two children. She had lived here with her parents, and I moved back to Washington. That's where I was, you know, originated from mm -hmm. for a while. And I decided, you know what, I need to be close to my kids. And my friends up in Washington, I was singing, said, you know, going to Vegas and singing Elvis music, you're going to starve because there's everybody there is doing that. Yeah. And I said, you're probably right. So I went down here and uh, to make a long story short, I was here for my kids. I prayed on it. And, you know, I'm a, I love the Lord. So I prayed. I came down here and um, I got a call from a friend that says, listen, the entertainment person and the owner is at this little bar. It's a casino bar called the roadhouse and they would like to see you come and sing uh-huh and i walked in there and i sang two songs and he looked at me and says you're hired and they, mm -hmm. and i thought well geez i got a job this is wonderful but i thought it was going to be three four weeks and uh and it ended up being six months a year and i thought well boy this is great so i'll see how this goes and uh belongs here i am 20, yeah 20, was it the big elvis act at the time did it you was. bring in i called myself a, big elvis as a bigger guy and i mm -hmm. said well, let's see how yeah. it goes and it just kept growing and people kept coming and, you know, eventually the magic star hired me and then Mr. Gone and his entertainment director and his son, Michael Jr. Yep. They came in and they said, Peter, we want to hire you. That was and it. They, the... Yeah. The, I worked at the stations and stuff. They all heard about mm -hmm. the, the rumbling going on. They said, we'd love to put you. I in remember you being in station casinos and I remember that Gone yes. found you and took you to Barbary Coast, they did. right? They, um, they did. 
Was it part? Was it Big Elvis before Las Vegas, or was this act tailored for here? You know what? I had a friend in Seattle. I, I was singing one day, and he goes, "Peter, you're you're not your average size Elvis guy." And I said, "You're right." He goes, "Why, <laughs> why don't you call yourself Big Elvis?" You know, it's a shtick, you know, you're mm -hmm. a big guy. He goes, and people probably kind of like that. And I said, you know, that's not a bad idea. Let's go with that. And you could always sing as Elvis. So you wanted to sing as Elvis. Well, right? you know what? And it, it opened doors because when I was at the Roadhouse, you had such a diversity of people. You had people that were obviously construction workers that yes. wanted to hear uh, Garth Brooks. So they wanted to hear Toby Keith or something, or they wanted to hear different kind of songs. So when I was working in the Roadhouse, I was singing not just Elvis, but Mm -hmm. But I could call myself Big Elvis and just sing anything, mm -hmm. you know. But of course, in the you know the way that Elvis would do it, kind of. Yeah. And then kind of do my little Elvis stick, so Big Elvis stick, and that's how it all got started. Yeah. You know. It, it, throughout your career, I've seen, and I don't know if we've really talked too much about this, but there's some been some claims that you might be the offspring of Elvis Presley. My, my is mother, that is that where are we with that? I'm, you know, and all. It, in all reality, and this is the, the actual facts, Johnny, my mother was a singer. And okay. she uh, knew Kitty Wells, which was an old-time country singer out of Nashville. And Kitty Wells was a friend with Elvis on the Louisiana Hayride. Mm -hmm. And my mother was having uh, difficulties with my dad for several years, and that's a long story. She, you know, I, I, my mother, I come from a, a really a weird background. Well, not so weird. My dad was an alcoholic. and. Mm -hmm. My mother, you know, they she, she did all kinds of crazy stuff. And she went to Nashville to record, you know, in the 60s. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kitty Wells asked her in 1964, would you like to meet Elvis? He's filming a movie called Kissing Cousins up on the uh, right. Smoky Mountains. Right. And my mother One said, of his better movies, well, yes. Kissing Cousins. Mm -hmm. And my, my mother said, well, who wouldn't want to meet Elvis Presley? Well, my mother was... Born on the same day as Elvis's mother, she was real dark-complected, and she was very pretty. So Elvis liked those type of gals. Yeah. And um, she met her, uh, he met her, rather, and they hit off really well, from what I was told. Okay. So the rest is history. That's, you know, I, I was told years later there was possibly something that happened, and, you know, I could be his child. So I was like... Wow. What? Have you have you pursued uh, you know, scientifically proving Lucille, this? Lucille looked into it back in the early 2000s. Uh, she had a guy do my DNA test back yeah. in 2000. Lucille Star, yes. your manager. Okay. 2002, she had a guy do a, a, a company do a DNA test. Um, she, you know, I didn't see, but she claimed that she had some DNA from a tooth. You know, that somebody had, mm -hmm. had a tooth, and it came back almost inconclusively 100%. Well, she was ecstatic when she told me, and I was like, well, this is fabulous. Who had the tooth? Whose tooth was it? I don't know. You'd have to uh, ask her that. that, to okay. that day An she, Elvis re relative? It was somebody, yeah, that, that gave it to her. Huh. Or gave her the DNA. Anyhow. Okay. So she ran the test, and she brought, the, she brought a guy over one time that did the swab and all that. And then she said, well, she went to the uh, state and said, listen, would you mind if we try to, to, you know, to match this with the uh, real DNA? from Elvis. And she said it was like coming up against a brick barrier. They wanted yeah. nothing to do with that. This they, is Elvis Presley Enterprises. Oh yeah, Priscilla, they were Lisa very, Marie, and yeah. ever, that really did not help my career at all in this mm -hmm. town or anywhere else. The minute I did that, it got around everywhere about me claiming to be Elvis's kid and they just, 
I just took a nose really? dive. Yeah, it was that, frowned upon in that community. Huh? It really did. Mm-hmm. I've never been really close to that. I mean, there's been people that have, like Sonny West have come on. Yeah. And he told me it's very possible. You know, Linda Thompson's been at the show a few times. Yeah, his girlfriend, Linda. Yes. I know Linda and I know Sam. Yes, He's, they're very nice mm-hmm. people. I mean, and she's never said anything to the fact. But what I'm saying is uh, it didn't help in the Elvis community so yeah. much. There's no benefit for you to go there. There unless was. You, unless you could actually prove yes, it, Yes, there I is guess. no benefit. And you know what? In the recent years, I've just, I, I've talked to people and I said, yes, this is what's happened. I've never laid into that. I've never played into that card. Does it matter to you that today, it, whether it is or isn't 20 true? years ago, it did. Today, no. Okay. No, I mean, I, you know, if I was his child, that'd be fabulous. But, it, it, you know, you get to a certain age where you don't want to be a rock star anymore. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, what good would it do for me? Yeah, right. You're already doing a show on the strip. I've so. already done it. And, you know, even if they say, okay, wow, now we're going to put you in an auditorium because you're, that wouldn't make me feel very good because I'm like, well, what about the years that I've worked? Yeah, it's kind this? of a sideshow at that point, isn't it? When you do it that way. Um, but you got the voice? I'm blessed. Yeah. And you know what? And, I, and I'm happy to do what I'm doing because when you're touching people and entertaining, whether it be a thousand a day or 20,000, it's all the same. Do you remember the first time you heard Elvis? Did you guys have an album of his, or did you hear him yes, on the radio? Yes, I, I did. My mother uh, had a few albums, and the first time I heard him, I was like, it was actually gospel music. I was raised in church, and I was like, this guy's got the best voice I've ever heard, and he could sing gospel, and you could just feel the spirit of God. It was so powerful. Mm-hmm. I was like, what a performer. And then I saw him perform the other stuff, and I was like, wow, this guy's fabulous. Yeah. And my voice sounded really remarkably when I was younger, Without even trying, people are saying, boy, you sound like a young Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all kind of grew, because I was singing the same gospel stuff. And in church, they said, you sound... Well, in here, I mean, I know we were here just the other day, I was reminded of that. It's, it's uncanny how close you are to the original. I mean, it really is un- uncanny. You hear it through the casino. I think that's one reason you get such crowds in here. Yeah. Because people hear you Yeah, out people there. tell me, when well, we hear Elvis music and we come and we see there's some big guy sitting at a chair. <laughs> <laughs> Belted away, they go, oh. It's... You know, I did. I used to um, judge uh, the Elvis tribute contest I downtown. Did. I know you did. I saw, over two years, I saw more than 40 Elvis oh, Presley impressionists. I didn't need to see anymore, you know? No. And, but I was struck by, and I was with Sam Thompson and, and Linda. Right. And Linda. Right, I know you. They, they all, we all judge. And I, I was struck by how one person could uh, be depicted in so many different ways. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and also the vocal quality, how hard it, it was it to sing incredible. like that. It is incredible how many people have been, I mean, that, can you imagine being that imitated by <laughs> so many It's people? one guy. I mean, one. we had 40 different, and no two of them were alike. No. No, they're all. And got you their... weren't even in it. No, I wasn't. No. You, know <laughs> you didn't what? even bother to show up. You would have oh, won. Bless your heart. No, you know what? I, I never. People have asked me many years, "How come you haven't went to Grace?" And how come? And I was like, you know, let those guys do their thing. I don't. You know, I don't really classify myself, John. Mm-hmm. I've never classified myself as an Elvis impersonator, mm-hmm. and I think that. And, and I'm not knocking it because. An Elvis impersonator is somebody that's trying to make an illusion of what Elvis was with the concerts and the karate chops and the... I, I don't try to do that. Yeah. Well, you've, just, got, the, you've got the name. Does it, is it hard to resolve using the, the Elvis brand in your act? It's, well, Big Elvis is an Elvis, so they, they've had a real... Uh, they, they weren't happy that the name Elvis was in there, but mm-hmm. it didn't... It's not Elvis Presley, so they couldn't really come after me for that. 
You know, you don't play that up as much as people might think. When you see the brand Big Elvis, you think it might be a comedy show. Right. You know? Right. But you, you, you don't go there. No. I, I, you know what? I just, uh, I just got the name because I'm a big guy. They just put Elvis beside it. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to sing tunes, get up and just do my own little, little shimmy shake mm -hmm. for a second. And, uh, you know, roll the dice and just see how it all worked out. And people, it's remarkable how people just come to enjoy somebody sitting down and singing and they're sitting enjoying and then they enjoy not they mm -hmm. come up here and dance around and they become you know part i've of seen country. it i've been in here yeah. when this place is literally you couldn't get in like over here in the doorway tell me about your fans i mean these people are really oh. they're really into it i you mean know, it's, John, it's small but mighty now but they they get into it you know what i'm going to tell you i i really uh was totally floored the last three months that i've been off i i the and I, I almost in tears with people that have sent letters and money, <laughs> money. Like, I'm like, don't, you don't have, I've saved enough money that I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And they've been sending money. We're concerned. We love you. We can't wait to go back. If you got to do podcasts, if you got to, you know, stand on a, on a, we'll come wherever you go, we'll, uh -huh. you know, whatever happens, we're going to be there. Um, the first video thing we did we had over 14,000 views that's for that was guy, just open was that a pay-per-view was there well, it was a, open a, but it was 14,000 views for a guy that doesn't even have a hit record is I mean that's a lot of views for one for one dude that's a nobody you know <laughs> I, I, I was on that one yeah I was amazed at how many people jumped on that yeah well it's just incredible we looked at the view count afterwards of all the different things we used it was mm -hmm. 14,000 so it was like the first night and I was just, the fans have just been wonderful. They're wonderful. They come here from all over the world. It's a pilgrimage from their, from the parents that see Elvis to the kids, mm -hmm. to the grandkids. They bring them here. It's, we got all ages that come. You built a live fair in Las Vegas or in Pahrump in Las I Vegas have. area. I you have. got married. I was at that. I, I did. And I did. Uh, you're still married? Still with the same girl. Yeah. How did you guys meet? She came to the show and she was uh, an Elvis fan, of course, and she watched it. She was with a fella at the time, mm -hmm. and I was, uh, I, I think I was just dating with a few different gals, nothing serious. And we became friends, and, you know, she just said, oh, you know, my relationship is kind of on and off, and this guy's a little, you know, a little bit old for me. He was older than even I was, and she's much younger than I am. And um, I just said, well, let's just be friends. You know, that's fine. And, and we were like that for about three, four, or five months, and that just went on, and she one day just said, you know what? I broke up with this guy. Would you actually like to go out on a date with me? I like you as a person. So let's go out on a date. Would that be okay? I said, fine. She asked you out. She did. She said, would you like to go on a real, <laughs> All right. honest to goodness date with me? And I said, yeah, okay, we'll do that. And we went on a date. We dated for a little while, you know, and, I, and it just started building into more of a relationship. And that's how that happened. Sweet woman. I mean, really I, nice girl. I don't think I've seen her. So what's her, her name again? Her name's Amanda. Yeah. I've saw, I've saw, I saw her dancing at your show. Yeah. I saw her dancing at I your show. I mean, we've show, had her ups and downs, but she's, she's, a really, she's mm. got a really good heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, during your, uh, the shutdown, you released a movie, right? Did you? Uh, well, we actually had a movie. We had screened we, a movie. We'd done a few years back, and then we were like, you know what? People never got to see it, so we, we released it. Tell us it. about the movie. The movie was a comedy. My brother wrote the script. He actually went to school for, for uh, writing. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he said, you know what? He, uh, he worked on a couple movies uh, always with Steven Spielberg. He had a couple small parts and movies right. like that. So he wrote his own little script. He said, you know, I wrote the script kind of to be uh, like the Elvis movies. 
So he said, he's going to have you singing in the movies. And it's about this guy, Elvis. It's taken in 1977 where Elvis first died. And you were on the strip and you got in trouble, supposedly. And the mob's coming after you. So you run to That's Washington right. and the, this little town. And you're supposed to be hiding from the from the mob. And we're police officers that got in trouble as well. So we're, we followed you because I'm your brother. And I'm mm -hmm. over in, in Washington. And I get a job working in this little town. And so it was. It's a comedy, but it's pretty. It, it's got some pretty good lines in there. <laughs> uh, but it was a fun thing to make, and and they put it together, and another guy, uh, another producer, put it together with them, and and put it out, and it's been a fun little movie, you know. I seem to remember us talking about. This might have been just a concept of a documentary treatment of your the life. The documentary came out last year, That's... and it's it's been signed. We're waiting. Uh, Steve Zambo uh, has a really nice company, Salty Earth Productions. And uh, he just signed with, a, I think it's Apple Entertainment. Okay. And it's supposed to be coming out here next year. Authorized biography? Authorized it documentary? Yeah, it is mine, and I've signed with him, yeah. Did, did, did they follow you around? and They, they did, and they've and they studied my story, you? and they've got the you know live footage and all different kinds of stuff. It's about 45 minutes, 50 minutes. Okay. You, have you seen a, a cut of it? Recently? I have it. It's, I do have a cut of yeah. it. Yeah, it looks really well done, really well done. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. Looking yeah. forward to seeing it on the on the screen, you know. Yeah. Ever since I've known you, Pete, you've been uh, on the the downward scale on your weight. You've been coming down. I have. Yeah, I, the I was uh, past fifteen or so years. I have. I was a I was a very large guy at one time. I hit over nine hundred pounds, mm -hmm. which is, you know, it doesn't happen to many people. Just one percent probably. You're about four hundred now. Four hundred now. Yeah. A little You've bit lost five hundred and five hundred pounds. pounds. Yeah. yeah I just, How? You know, I went on a, a, a program when I was younger. I drank a lot of soda and ate really fast food. I liked all the bad food. It just mm -hmm. piled on. And then I got off all that mm -hmm. and started eating healthy proteins and fish and chicken. I got myself a swimming pool. Just At first, I lived at a place where I didn't have a swimming pool in my backyard. I didn't have a lot of money. So I was mm -hmm. like, well, I'll get one of those upright pools, you know. Uh, yeah. And uh, I started just splashing around, and that started helping take a little bit of weight off and stuff. And then I progressed to bigger pools as I went along. Mm -hmm. Prop, I just told you this morning. You were, yeah, you were <laughs> swimming today when I called you. <laughs> I was. So I got to swimming and walking and eating properly. And once in a while, I fall off the wagon and I have bad food, but I try not to make it. An, that's an abnormality than a normality. You know? Right. If I have something bad, I look forward to it. Okay, it's a big, big day. I'm going to have this and this and this. And then I go back on the straight and narrow. Where do you want to end up? Is there I like a goal to be about. about between 260 and 280, I'm 6'3". Mm -hmm. My doctor says if you're under 300 pounds at your bone, because I got if you look at my bones, they're pretty large mm -hmm. guy. You know, yeah, you're be, tall. Yeah, they'd be yeah, 200 pounds would look pretty weird. If have you ever considered it, it? Let's say you do get to that point, you know, you get 250. Yeah. Are you still Big Elvis in that context? Yes, I think so because I mean, how many guys you know that are 260, 270? They're big football players. <laughs> I mean, None who do Elvis. Yeah, they're not really. So I think I'd still fit the bill as Big Elvis, just a healthier version, mm -hmm. I think. And if you were, if you had those dimensions coming into Las Vegas, let's look at it that way, and you didn't have the, whatever you call the, the shtick right. of Big Elvis, do you think you'd still be successful? Just as a regular-sized person you with know, your act? In all honesty, I would say, well, with God, anything's possible. But no, because... You know, you called it a little while ago. You said, you know, people see that. And I remember uh, Mr. Gone told me a long time mm -hmm. ago. He said, you know, 
they see Big Elvis and they think, oh, this is going to be funny. This is going to be a shtick. This is going to be people come in to see this abnormality. Mm -hmm. He said, but when they come in and then they sit there for a minute and they're listening, they're like, it, he says, wow. They're like, oh, this is really, this is nice. <laughs> they like it. So it, it was a hook. It really was. It's mm -hmm. a hook, you know? Yeah. Uh, I still think it's maybe not as much anymore, but it's a hook to the extent, um, to my chagrin, I mean, I've had to deal with a lot of, you know, the fat jokes and this guy looks horrible. What a disgrace sometimes. And that, that hurts. It cuts. Mm -hmm. But at the same token, that's the smaller percentage. And then there's the bigger percentage that go, yeah, but we really enjoy his singing. I love what he does. And that outrules it. And it touches people's heart. When I see that happening, that makes it, you know, all yeah. Do you have a favorite uh, Elvis number, or uh, is I that even him. possible? I love his gospel stuff, though. He's just so much. He heart. did too. So, I know. Mm -hmm. He did. I, yeah. I feel the same. You know, Elvis and I were raised in the Assembly of God Church, and uh, I think we have the same passion for uh, for that kind of music. Mm -hmm. you know? When you uh, opened in here, let's talk about Harris. That first time you came into this property, and you really are on. You're on the strip, man. You're across the street from Caesar's yeah. Palace. What did you feel like at that point? You'd you'd really arrived when you, you when know you what? got into it's, this environment. You know, it's funny you say that. I Lucille, my manager, said that. She's like, "Oh man, you're." She kept saying just what you said, and it never really clicked here. It was like, well, you know, I am in a really important spot, but you know what? I, I I've always felt like. Uh, I'm just grateful to be working anywhere, whether it be mm -hmm. a bar or here. Um, and it's a this is a great establishment in it, and I've been honored by these guys to put me here. But um, in other words, I'm just grateful to be working. So it, it it is. It's 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 a great feeling to be on top of the strip, and and have a, a sh an ongoing show, where so many other shows have come. And they've gone. You know, I, oh, I've yeah. seen big multi-million-dollar shows coming. We've counted in. them up many times. I know you have, John. Mm -hmm. and you've, and you've How do you explain them? this? Let's let's talk about this. I mean, Viva Elvis was the Cirque du Soleil Elvis partnership down at Aria. We thought it, it's an absolute lead pipe cinch that that show would have made it. It yeah. couldn't survive. No. It closed after a while. Million-dollar quartet. We've had uh, the Heartbreak Hotel show both here at Harris, both of them. I know. Uh, there are no other, we had the Elvis show uh, at the Westgate. Yes. I Licensed, I authorized. Yeah, Priscilla, Priscilla was there. Lisa Marie showed up to <laughs> the opening. They were all there. They went to Canada to they, find Elvis. They, to, <laughs> they, they did, they did. And that's done. I mean, it's you, it's all shook up over at V Theater and Pete, uh, and uh, I'm sorry, Steve, Steve, Steve Conley, Conley yeah. and then Pete Valley here. Those are the only Elvis shows we have. How, well, how can that be? You know what? I, this is my only feeling, and I and I don't want to ever throw rocks at anyone, and I'm not. I think that you know Elvis was Elvis was very plain. I mean, in a sense of the guy was the greatest entertainer, and he had charisma oozing, and he was fabulous. But if you looked at him, he didn't need all that stuff that they had at Cirque. That he didn't need a 50-piece. Elvis didn't need a 50-piece band. Mm -hmm. The band was fabulous. They were the mm -hmm. best at the time. Yeah. But if you look at Elvis on stage, he just had something where he could have went out there practically with a three-piece band, and people would have just loved him. It was, it, and I think keeping it simple sometimes. Yeah. Really has a lot of you know girth with people. If it's almost like David and Goliath, if you could come here 
and you've got a little bit of talent and you're able to touch people's heart, the person, not the band, not the big setup and all that stuff. If you could connect with an audience and touch their heart, that's what Elvis had. That's and it. There's not many people that have that. Yeah, it's an un, it's a it's a difficult, and there's been a few thing. on the strip that do you know. Mm -hmm. but there's, yeah, and yeah. You, I'm sure you've met them. I, I can name a few. Oh yeah, there there have been a few. I mean, I, I'm reminded of that the show that they did at the at the Westgate. I don't know if you saw that the International Theater a few years ago. Uh, you know Fontaine. what? I saw a video of it, and I've I, every I had people that went there, and they said it was done very well. It was done well, mm -hmm. and they said it was fabulous. But it was. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know. You know what it was, Pete? It was it was this thing where they recreated an actual 1972 Elvis Presley performance, note for note. Yes. Move for the move. Band, the whole. The everything was as if you went into a time portal. Yes. The thing about it is that not everything that of that era transfers to today. No. You, you start looking at it like that's kind of odd. You know, yes. it's, it didn't. It doesn't fit. Well, here's and, the problem, and and you're spot on. You know, Elvis has been gone a long time. So the music is still is still fun and vital, but the presentation of it has to be a little bit, you have to do it a little bit. There's a spin got to be a little mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to do it as a recreation show, that's a hard bill right now. I, I think that's tough. And it's hard to step onto a stage in Las Vegas today or probably anywhere and say, I'm Elvis Presley yeah, and I'm going to, yeah. and, and, and be in that moment. And we had, there were women up on stage grabbing his scarves and crying. And I'm like, yep. do you really know what's real and isn't? Yeah. Real? Oh no, no, no. That's no. the facts. I mean, I think that people that, especially the older people that were there, they're still living right. that era, you know? Right. Yeah. That's an interesting, you know, it's, to be it, in the middle of it. You gotta, you gotta, I imagine you gotta uh, mitigate that well i can world. imagine i you know i've never had the 50-piece orchestra or the big production so i wouldn't know <laughs> but i mean at the same time we'll bring one in here we'll bring it <laughs> into the piano bar we'll bring the las yeah, vegas that should be really interesting to watch that we'll put they'll, them all in here they'll, they'll be it. the audience they'll though they'll be bigger than the audience if we have yeah, two, three. they will be the audience yeah. there'll be no other <laughs> i'll talk to the philharmonic about this we could do that in here it would be no other no human beings if you had two three hundred people that are band members you'd be in trouble we would be it would be one and done it, it's but we'd true. record it it's true all but, right pete yeah, uh yeah that, that it's great to see you again and thanks, congratulate thanks, you on thanks. all your success when are your your uh show times right now right now the current days are thursday friday saturday uh 2 3 30 and 5 p.m right on you're gonna tee it up here pretty soon right well, we're gonna get ready to rock and roll today. you're all warmed up now we're all ready to go now <laughs> all right pete valley it's always a pleasure to see you you sir. too my friend you know i love you me and too. uh we'll do this again one of these days but it's been a great ride now you got to come back and do a little elvis though you haven't told your people about that while you okay you've folks, a mention, but i have i have been in the act I've, I've danced with Elvis. He has. <laughs> and he does really, really remarkable. He talks we, about other Elvis impersonators. We needed guy, security. They did. After that. They did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my brother. Thanks. You betcha. Break a leg. Thanks, Pete. Thank you, man. Thanks once more to Pete Valley, Big Elvis, for joining us this week on Podcasts. We'll be back next Monday and every Monday, so be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
We have reports of the openings of Westgate Las Vegas and also Paris Las Vegas in the column right now. At Westgate, we talked with General Manager Cammie Christensen, whose welcome back speech was interrupted by a blaring car horn. But the reopening went off without a hitch otherwise. Over at Paris, we talked face coverings with Caesars Entertainment executive Gary Selesner, a world traveler, who says face covers might actually outlast the COVID pandemic. Elsewhere, we chat with Circa Las Vegas co-owner Derek Stevens, who says he has the world's largest sports book. Is he right? Maybe the folks at Westgate might have something to say about that. Also, we chat with Carlos Santana and Cindy Blackman Santana, who might not be back on stage at House of Blues at Mandalay Bay again until 2020. In the meantime, Cindy has recorded a killer cover of John Lennon's Imagine. All that and more in Cats. That closes out another episode of Podcats. Thank you, Frankie Moreno, for our theme song, The Biggest Cat in Town. Keep up with me, or try to, on the Review Journal website, or at Johnny Cats on Twitter, at Johnny Cats one on Instagram, and tune in next Monday to the next installment of Podcasts. And I'm the biggest cat in town.